0: Welcome aboard the battleship Pretension. I'm Tyler Smith, and I am David Bax. Thank you for listening, David. (laughs) Yes. What was that? (laughs) Just suddenly (laughs) felt very, very formal and presentational.
1: Yeah, you know, it feels. uh, I know it's by the time you're hearing this, it's March, Mm -hmm. but it feels like a new year to me (laughs) because. Because award season is over, and mm-hmm. now we have a long six months until award season starts again. Um, <laughs> so we're just out to sea right now. Uh, yeah. Uh, I do love award season, and I can't mm-hmm. wait for Telluride. I'm not going to Telluride, right. but Telluride is how, what, what I think of as the sort of unofficial kickoff of award season. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, now we just have these doldrums where I have, ugh, what I have, Comic Con. Yeah. I've got my wife's birthday. Uh, um, uh, I've got. I actually got a ton of
0: funny, fun stuff coming up. Uh, I have a. Uh, I guess I get now that it's March. I guess I should get on this. I've got a book coming out. Yeah. Uh, that I forget about. You just
1: had a birthday. We you talked just had about a birthday it in the movie
0: journal, but happy birthday again. I'm uh, um, presenting at the. Not presenting. That's not the right word. I'm Lecture. lecturing at the International Christian Film Festival. There's a. Very I don't exciting. think I don't think I mentioned exactly what this is. So uh, I've talked at the film festival for the last few years, um, but I had an idea last year that I pitched to them, and, and that's what they're doing. So there's this entire separate track at the festival called like the educational track, and it's and it's three days, and they just br- you know and they just bring in people like here's two hours about cinematography here's two hours about writing Um, and that was my idea so I and so it starts out with two hours of film history that's me one hour on film analysis also me and then I hand it on over to actual professionals and so that's what it is so it's gonna be like and there's, like, limited seats. Like, it's only 25 people, and that's what they're doing at the festival. Very cool. And so I'm very excited about it. And I'm excited that, uh, that Marty and the people over at the festival um, uh, liked my idea, because it looked good on the resume. All
1: right. Um, before we start and before we get to the ads, I want to talk, because you, uh, the last episode... Of this podcast was <laughs> the Oscars uh, episode that you
0: and, right, and probably uh, about thirty eight percent of the discussion was about the Oscars and the rest was oddly enough about Flash Gordon. Thanks, Ian. Uh, that's great. That's what. You get to, that's why. Ian that's why, is why you on get the show. Ian. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, it's been you and Jason and Ian the past Jason and Ian the past few years. Yeah. Uh, And so I, I'm sorry to say I haven't listened to it uh, yet. Um, I'll, I'll get to it any day now sure um, but I do I, I, and I there's a reason that I don't do that episode anymore is I don't want to talk about the Oscars for the most part mm-hmm. but I guess I do want to talk about Green Book winning Best okay. Picture specifically in terms of I you know I know on the one hand I know that the Oscars in terms of artistic quality and merit don't really mean anything right but what I've often said is that they do mean something in the culture. In yeah. General. It
0: could be like a snapshot. Of uh, yeah. Something. And yeah. so
1: to me, I feel hypocritical on one point being like, I don't actually care about the Oscars that much. You know, I, I them for the ceremony, you know, the, the, the pomp and circumstance and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> pageantry is what I was looking for before. um, Uh, but I don't care who wins. And I feel hypocritical being mad that green book won. but I do think it feels like such a backwards looking movie Mm -hmm. that it feels like a bad message (laughs) in terms of not about artistic quality, but just to have the people who are supposed to be, who are in this dumb gatekeeper position Mm -hmm. award this movie. Um, and my, uh, someone I know, um, uh, was saying, uh, you know, it's, I was madder. He, he was saying he was madder about these types of movies back when these were the only way that movies about black people got made. Right. But in the same year that you have like, um, what did he mean? Like black Klansman and black Panther and if feels mm-hmm. drink Could talk also like in the conversation, yeah. it feels less stinging to him. And I was like, yeah, but this is the one that won. And like, it it does mean something, even though the Oscars don't mean what they're supposed to mean or what they ostensibly mean. I don't know if they're really supposed to, uh, what they claim to mean. A best picture win does mean something. And it, and it it felt, uh, I was surprisingly upset about
0: this win. So, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if I would say I was, a, Yeah, I guess I was on a, on a couple of different levels though. One was the political and cultural level. And the other was just the movie. <laughs> like to me, you can boil it down to two good performances and, a, and a, some good chemistry. Yeah. That's what you can boil it down to. I don't want my best pictures to be boiled down to that. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, like I'm actually oddly enough more frustrated at the film's win for best screenplay. Like that screenplay is just what, I mean, nothing, it's just nothing. And so like it's picture. I get it because that's where you're, they're trying to honor the whole thing and also what it's trying to do. And the way I look at green book, like in a, a, sorry i didn't say this last week because i wasn't thinking about it last Mm -hmm. week i mean i certainly was but i've had a week to think about it and just like the idea of from a race relation standpoint green book is and i guess maybe i can't begrudge anybody this but it somehow i still do um green book is what is what people want it to want race relations to be like is what they wish it were like we wish it were it were this easy to take care of, okay. and just like okay, that's that's not terrible. Uh, wanting it to be that easy, the problem is that it isn't, mm-hmm. and there are movies this year that addressed that, you know. Um, and so I think it's just so I feel like from a cultural relevance standpoint, it falls short. But then as a movie, it falls short. It's just so there's no. St- it's done in a very straightforward way, which I guess is not a crime, except there's just something when I think of a best picture, when I think of like the best movies of the year now, granted they've my favorites very rarely, uh, win, Mm -hmm. but I feel like there needs to be a certain kind of ambition to a best picture. And there it's why, you know what? I don't, I don't like the English patient that much, but it's ambitious okay you know it's it's been so long since i've seen it in its scale and it's in its storytelling choices it's actually pretty ambitious i don't think it's that effective but i at least say like okay that it at least feels like a best picture green book just feels like such a pleasant (laughs) forgettable film yeah
1: all right uh, i'm sorry i did more of the top more than no i I think i said my piece uh, and it's late anyway uh why don't we pay some bills let me ask you this
0: okay looking at the best picture, let's st- stick solely with the best picture nominees, which is the film. Cause I just mentioned the English patient. Everybody agrees. Fargo should have won that year. Okay. Okay. So which do you think, not necessarily you, but which one do you think is the one that history will remember as the film that should have won over green book?
1: Um, that's, that's interesting. Uh, my gut reaction is Roma. Probably Roma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my pick would have been a Star is Born, because that's the only Best Picture nominee mm-hmm. that was in my top ten. You didn't have any, right? Best Picture nominees in your top ten? No, Star is Born
0: was in my top ten. It was? Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, I feel like there was another one. but The favorite? Not. No. The favorite was not in my top ten. Um, but I could have sworn there was another one, but now I can't Black recall.
1: Black Panther? No. Black Klansman? No. no. Black Klansman was an honorable mensch
0: Vice. For me. Vice was in my <laughs> top ten. I'm joking, of course. Uh, uh, no, yeah, yeah, I, no, I it, would be, it
1: would be Roma. Yeah, I right? think Roma was probably going to yeah. be the one that's best remembered of these
0: yeah okay uh yeah it's always interesting uh and it's it's a constant conversation and it's something that people actually you know I, i i jokingly talk about the normies which is like just people who don't think about movies the way i do but there is a class of normie um who are interested enough in film and so they're usually the ones that that ask Uh, which are the ones that will be remembered, you know, um, normies will say that sounds, I feel like I'm being negative now. Regular people, regular moviegoers, average moviegoers, uh, will ask like, Oh, what was your favorite movie of 2018? But then I feel like there's one step above. They'll be like, which movies of 2018 are going to stand the test of time. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's always interesting to me. And I, now, in the conversation of which movie will, should have won Best Picture, I think they'll say Roma. As far as which movies from 2018 will stand the test of time, I don't know if any of them will, honestly. Any of the Best Picture nominees, you mean? Uh, yes, certainly any yeah. of the Best Picture nominees.
1: Because when you ask me just culturally which movie from 2018 will stand the test of time, Game Night. I think is a movie that is destined to be one of those. I'm not sure how well, I think it did okay. Theatrically, right? It did pretty well. I think it's one of those movies that people are going to be watching again
0: and again, uh, as, as the years go on. Let me tell you this. Yeah. Uh, my in-laws sent me an Amazon gift card for my birthday and, uh, I chose not to spend all of it immediately. Uh, so I bought, a few movies and you know i don't buy movies as much as i used to anymore one of the movies i purchased was game night yeah because i feel like i'm going to want to watch it yeah over and over again yeah but anyway that's neither here nor there uh what is here and also there is movie who brought, who brings you this episode. Uh, movie is a curated streaming service showing exceptional films from around the globe. Every day movie premieres a new film, whether it's a timeless classic, a cult favorite or an uh, acclaimed masterpiece. Sorry. Um, I'm laughing because I have been doing the old movie ad movie ad for so long. This is hard. (laughs) This is hard for me to do. Um, uh, so anyway whether it's a timeless classic a cult favorite or an acclaimed masterpiece a movie uh, a movie you've been dying to see or one you've never heard of before there are always 30 different films to discover with movie each and every film is hand selected so you'll never spend more time looking for something great to watch than actually watching something great it's like your own personal film festival streaming anytime anywhere currently streaming on movie is Gregory Ratoff's black magic starring Orson Wells who is also involved in the direction this is a film that i personally even as a wells fan uh was not really aware of um His career as an actor is something that I'm woefully unfamiliar with, with a couple of exceptions here and there. Uh, But anyway, the story involves a poor French gypsy taken under the wing of Dr. Mesmer, who teaches him the secrets of hypnosis. The gypsy promises to use his newfound power to help others, but soon begins begins abusing his gift in order to steal money and forge a powerful reputation. Reading that, I am not surprised that, that Orson Welles was involved in the production. Uh, I'm sure the minute he heard Hypnosis and Gypsy, he's like, okay, I know what I'm doing here. Uh, but anyway, so I'm actually very excited to, to see it. Uh, and so for you, uh, the listener, you can try movie free for 30 days at movie.com/ slash Battleship. That's movie.com M-U-B-I.com slash Battleship uh, for a whole month of great cinema for free
1: all right uh and i want to tell you i forgot we don't have another uh, ad there right if yes. you, anyone uh, any listeners have any uh project we love to um promote people's uh passion projects kickstarters and indiegogos and such that's and, true and um yeah Tyler if, will give you definitely a very
0: competitive rate yeah because we enjoy being able to do that for people that is uh, yes thank you for saying that yeah. I do I'm always willing to work within somebody's budget yeah uh
1: but I want to tell you about tweaked you see tweaked is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors they look great they sound great Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives today Oh, there were so many treats in music today. Uh, New song by Def Heaven, which I listened to a couple of times. Some new Carly Rae Jepsen, which I listened to a couple of times. And then, of course, because I always gotta keep things sad, Mm -hmm. um, Mark Hollis from Talk Talk died, so I've been listening to Talk Talk uh, a lot these past couple days. Rest in peace. Peace, Mark Hollis. Uh, Your memory was uh, done justice by the great sound of my TweetDarion.com earbuds. They're available at a low, low price. easy. (laughs) (laughs) They're available at a low, low price at tweaked audio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweaked audio.com and use the offer code pretension. Tyler, yes. speaking of people passing, mm-hmm. I have found myself um, surprisingly emotional over the past week about yeah. um, someone that I didn't really know personally. I met him once. Mm-hmm. And Even then, it was like a group setting. But um, you and I, we don't really go to see stand-up comedy as much anymore, but you and I were going to see stand-up comedy a lot at a time when I think, you know, we were talking, you were talking about like best picture nominees, what will be remembered? Mm -hmm. I think that mid to late aughts era of LA, you know, alt comedy, standup comedy scene. Like, I think that will be a scene, the type of scene that has, that is very seminal, that has books written about it. That sort of, you know, movies Uh, made, I
0: think that's, it was an important scene. And Um, then, and it, and it, you know and it got much bigger and and it definitely yeah. spawned all kinds of things but yes this little probably five year maybe even less uh moment when it's when like podcasting started taking off which actually raised the profile of some people but only to a certain point yeah uh and then like yeah. the smaller the, theaters like ucb the ucb theater, opened in L- you know, la in yeah. what um oh six six i think yeah um uh, yeah uh and there was um, so much community between the performers and the audience.
1: Yeah. and so one of the one of the people I don't know if you've heard of him. You probably have this week because yeah. the news of his passing. We did mention um, him
0: last week as well.
1: Uh, oh, you guys did. Okay, yeah. um, who was part? Of, I mean, I, I feel bad talking about the scene in the past tense because just because you and I stopped, this guy was still working. A lot of these communities oh, are yeah. still working. A lot of these shows are still going on. But um, Brody Stevens was uh, one of the greatest. Um, and most exciting and certainly one of the more singular more unique uh members of that scene and one of you know i've often said and i you know i i know i don't like to i i don't like to say this sort of thing like make sure you see this movie in the theater because not everyone has a chance and so i feel bad saying this but i've often felt that you don't really know who a standup comic is and what their art is and what their personality is until you've seen them in the same room. Mm -hmm. And I feel to go back to this scene that we're talking about, I feel, especially this week, I have felt incredibly lucky. That I saw Brody Stevens yeah. so many times. I couldn't even count. So mm-hmm. many times I've seen Brody Stevens uh, live. Um, uh, I mentioned that I met him one, just once. Um, I used to go to, which is still going on in a different place, but I used to go to the Tomorrow Show every week, mm-hmm. which is midnight at the Steve Allen Theater every Saturday night. Um, and it got to the point where, because of that Well, point, not anymore. Uh, but as I said, I moved to a different place.
0: Right, yeah, because the Steve Allen Theater... And the Center for Inquiry in general
1: is just gone. Yeah. Um, But now it's at the uh, Dynasty Typewriter at the Hayworth Theater, Mm -hmm. um, which has become a new hub, I guess. Um, I'm removed from the scene. But but, uh, at this point, you know, Steve Allen Theater, I was fully scenester. You know, I'd go to the Steve Allen Theater for tomorrow's show, barely watch the show, mostly just hang on the patio with other comedy fans and comics. and so one time I guess I was hanging out with someone who was friends with Brody. So he sat down and mostly dominated the conversation talking about baseball yep. and I wouldn't have traded it for anything. It could have gone on all night because he's the, I mean the word, the, 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 the phrase, it's kind of a hackneyed phrase, but the phrase that keeps coming up in obituaries and remembrances for Brody Stevens is force of energy. But there's, that's, that term was made for him. Oh yeah. You know, um, uh, the other time, the other, um, another memory I have uh, a Brody related memory is that I was at the, there used to be a standup comedy show called what's up tiger Lily. Um, and it was called that because when it first started, it was at a restaurant called tiger Lily, mm-hmm. which doesn't exist anymore. It's now a, a, sort of a sports bar pub type thing, shitty food, uh, lots of good beer on tap. Um, and then tiger Lily moved to another building and was run by someone else. And every show would go three and a half hours. So I stopped going to tiger. Lily. But when tiger Lily was at tiger Lily, uh, I went almost every week and, one time and Brody was going on later that night. I stepped out back to have a smoke and Brody is sitting in his car. I don't know if he's maybe just amping himself up for his performance or this is just what he does. Cause he played the drums. Mm-hmm. He, there's no music playing or anything. He's furiously playing the drums with drumsticks on his steering wheel in the car. And I was like, I guess that's
0: <laughs>
1: how, how a Brody Stevens prepares.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's, and it certainly, it certainly showed like the fact that he was, uh, among the things he was known for was doing audience warm up, and it takes a very specific type of person to mm-hmm. do that. Our friend Jimmy Pardo uh, did did warm up and was very good at it. Like it requires a certain type of audience engagement and a certain type of energy. And similarly, similarly, I would say that like you can listen to Jimmy's podcast all day long mm-hmm. until you see him in the room. You're in the room with him. And you see him, like, interacting with with the audience. He was like, oh, I had no idea. And at the very first a Brody was actually there. And so to watch Brody and uh, Jimmy, Jimmy interact was a ton of fun. Um, because Was that, Brody there that night? Because yeah. I was there. Yeah, he was there. Um, because
1: I probably met him then, too. Yeah, Cause cause I, I spent was... a,
0: long, a long time talking about ice skating. Yeah, I didn't watch much of the show
1: that night. Right, because you were helping out. I was helping out, so I must have talked because i talked to all the comics as they came in
0: so i must have talked to him that night too um i forgot about that and it was uh yeah brody was and i and i mentioned this last week there was uh, years ago uh he was scheduled to be on battleship Retention, um and then i believe the day of he uh got called to go do a, a, a to perform somewhere and so he uh, called and was very apologetic and very nice um and then we just kept not yeah. schedules didn't line up he was also he was incredibly busy all the time mm-hmm. um and schedules didn't line up and then it just didn't happen and that is uh definitely a regret because i think it would have been awesome to to have him on the show because he yeah. was also apparently one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet
1: yeah uh, but he's also I say he is, he was, he, he passed away right. as you talked about. Um, and I don't know what to say about that except that, uh, depression is a serious disease. And if you know anyone, make sure to reach out, make sure to donate to suicide hotlines yeah. and, uh, just do it, do what you can. It's, uh, um, it's, a, it's a, it's a monster, but, um, the other thing, uh, and I can, I can equate this to something, because not all of our listeners are comedy fans, but I can mm-hmm. equate certain things about being a comedy fan to being a film fan. Sure. In that the more movies you watch, the more you start to realize, you start to sort of change your expectation of what it means for a movie to be good. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I think the more stand-up comedy you watch, the more you realize that having good jokes is not really the foundation Right. It's good to have good jokes, but having good jokes isn't the same as being funny. Yeah. And Brody had a handful of jokes that were very funny, mm-hmm. but he didn't really need jokes. He was funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and there's, I mean, it's obvious whenever there's a comedian that all the other comedians love, that means he has something, you know? Um, and uh, clearly comedians loved loved Brody you've seen it in the outpouring um since then um he uh he but he he, he didn't have to have jokes he, he had just phrases that he would say oh yeah um or or, or even not his because he had certain phrases positive energy yeah yes you got it yeah enjoy it yeah uh, which is something my wife and I still say to yeah. each other and so much that so we say it to each other so often that we've said it a couple times since mm-hmm. last week and then immediately been like oh yeah. um the but the other one that this is a very specific because another thing he could do is very very specific local references in one yeah i don't know i guess back in the 70s h salt fish and chips was a like a uh, american and canadian chain mm-hmm. now they're only in california i think almost o- only in southern california and one time are also at tiger lily uh, which has an eight salt fish uh, H salt fish and chips. Kind of, it's more across the street from the Steve Allen Theater. But Tiger Ty- Lily was around the corner from the Steve mm-hmm. Allen Theater in Vermont. Uh, there's an eight salt H salt fish and chips, and there was a heckler because there, there would, you get hecklers at Tiger Lily all the time because it was just a Thai restaurant, yeah. and people would just like be there, and then a comedy show would break out, and they didn't know what to make of it, and so you get hecklers. And one guy told Brody, Brody there was something fishy about him, and Brody goes, "Who am I, H Salt?" <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and there's one in. North Hollywood's hollywood to my wife and i say that whenever we drive past it there is um i was you know i spent the week watching youtube clips mm, of me Brody, too yeah and there's one where he's in seattle and it i would, watched that yeah it would appear that anywhere he would go he's like all right time to bone up on references about yeah. that place and and if nothing else he would just list baseball players but like And it was just astonishing his ability to do that. And the fact that he would shoehorn it in so clumsily was itself the joke as well. Um, and it just and it looked like a guy trying really hard to ingratiate himself to the audience. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But he could also. You get, I don't
1: know if you read that um, John Roy story on Twitter. Yeah. About the doing the benefit with all the agents who uh, hated comedy, didn't want to laugh, and him yeah. cracking the room open. That's his 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 skills and his natural energy yeah. and talent. Uh, and it feel, I mean, I don't like to speak in hyperbole, but I really don't think there will ever be anyone like. Brody again it's hard to imagine
0: yeah and and similarly um, this is uh, I don't mean to I don't mean to you know uh, bring negative energy as he would often call people uh-huh. out, like yeah. negative energy uh, what yeah. is it uh, arms crossed negative energy negative <laughs> negative yeah. uh, just pointing to various people in the audience um, yeah. but but that's the thing is there there is uh, that idea and it's not an uncommon one in in any artistic circles that Somebody who is that unique, uh, also sometimes has unique problems. Hmm. Um, I was reading a, a rather extended um, bit on, not bit, uh, just uh, piece on Facebook by Robert Yasimura, who was talking about Brody, and he said that like he was one of the funniest guys, and he could also be incredibly nice, but he also felt like he was even when he was being very positive to you you felt like he was just a little bit removed and a Hmm. little bit distant and that robert felt that he uh was actually very close with brody but that their friendship was also a little bit shallow not to imply that brody was shallow but that he would only give so much Hmm. um to his friends and uh and i could see that you know like he definitely had a persona and uh, you know, it's in a way I remember, uh, I think on the commentary for the aristocrats, um, I remember Penn Gillette and Paul Provenza were talking about Fred Willard and they said, Fred Willard went into character in the 1960s and never came out. (laughs) And that's kind of how Brody felt to me is like he was perpetually in his character, uh, which probably made him feel pretty lonely, Hmm. not to imply it was fake it's just a heightened version of who he, who he was, but I yeah. can see him feeling uh, a little bit lonely. Um,
1: well, uh, we should segue into what, what we're actually talking about, because one thing we've danced on here, uh, we mentioned a lot of his catchphrases. Yeah. We, one we, of them, we, we skipped one of them. Kind of them. sad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but it's the, the inspiration for this week's episode. The, so, uh, Brody Stevens was from, uh, I want to say Reseda, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, he was very proud to be from the San Fernando Valley. Mm-hmm. And he would often say, 818 till I die. Yes. Um, and uh, you and I are both residents of the San Fernando Valley mm-hmm. in the 818, although I have a 323 number. Uh, um, hello. Uh, you have a St. Paul or a Minneapolis number. <laughs> Right? Fair, enough, fair enough. <laughs> um, uh, Yeah, but when I first moved here, I lived in Hollywood, which is in the three two three. so I got a 323 cell phone number and have just kept it. Anyway, but very proud to live in the Valley. I love the Valley. Probably not quite as much as Brody did. Um, I don't,
0: yeah, no, I don't think so. Uh,
1: but... Um, Uh, even he's from Reseda, but then he lived, I think in studio city because he would talk about Starbucks. Yes. Laurel Canyon in Riverside. Yeah. Which is, I've been to that Starbucks. It's not my Starbucks. My Starbucks would be Magnolia and Lancashire. Yeah. If I were going to do the, the Brody Stevens thing. (laughs) Um, but, uh, the Valley is great. And lots of movies are shot in the Valley because lots of movies are shot in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but a lot of uh, there's a smaller subset of movies that actually take place in the Valley. So I, uh, so we're going to talk about San Fernando Valley movies, um, a little bit today. And I did, I did kind of want to differentiate between movies that are shot in the Valley, Mm -hmm. but aren't necessarily supposed to, I'm trying to think of, uh, um, of a good example here. Uh, see, I only wrote down like the True Valley Valley movies, um, but there are all kinds of movies that are shot here. Or like Reno 911, the TV show was shot.
0: You know, it takes yeah. place in Reno, but it was shot I mean, almost exclusively in the San Fernando Valley. The Office it, uh, oh, was yeah. shot. Like anytime they go out, like they're in the valley. The the restaurant, the cafe near my house, oh, right. uh, stuff that and the hotel are stuff is regularly shot there meant to double as yeah. the Midwest. You yeah. Know? yeah. 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 It doubles as, as anything. Like if you're um, watching the hundred, if you're, if you're watching the office and you see characters eat at the hungry Fox, uh, that is on Sherman way in the Valley. Um, and hmm. it just, I guess they use that exterior because the hungry Fox sounds like something that would take place in Scranton. That would yeah. uh, be in Scranton, I guess.
1: Um, so, Well, if we're talking about neighborhoods, you you talk about your neighborhood. Um, The first movie that comes to mind in my neighborhood, because one of the the valleys, a lot of stuff shot here because a lot of it is kind of nondescript. Although once you've lived in the valley, you sort of start to be able to pick it out. Oh, yeah. Um, But one of the few true memorable landmarks of the San Fernando Valley is in my neighborhood. And I'm, ca- I'm talking of course of the gigantic neon clown at circus liquor yeah. at the corner of Bur- Burbank and Vineland, yeah. um, which is uh, in my, in my neighborhood and is also um, where Cher gets mugged in clueless. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and
0: that clueless- clown makes that effectively, the sleaziest liquor store in the country. <laughs> I'd say uh, that's about right. Maybe. I don't know. I've only, I've only actually been in there cause there are, it's
1: the Valley, which means even though that's close to my house, there are at least mm. three liquor stores between me. Right. So I, I don't go very often. I think I went, uh, I, uh, yeah, I went once on the way to Goebbels old place. Um, yeah, but, uh, uh, so Clueless is a movie that mostly takes place in Beverly Hills, right. but that uses the Valley as a location, as a, as a representative of a certain kind of uh everything that Sharon, and her family and her friends aren't, which is yeah. basic, I guess, or mm-hmm. you know, um not rich. I mean these the the kids who live in the Valley and through these parties are not poor kids at all. Right. But they are they are a bad element to oh sure <laughs> uh, from from uh uh Cher's dad, Dan Hideo's uh point of view. And so um the valley as a location is definitely not, it's not nondescript and clueless. It is, uh, um, uh,
0: it's a real location. <laughs> and I believe doesn't, uh, circus liquor, uh, show up in uh, alpha dog as well i never saw alpha dog uh it's not a bad movie uh, there's some interesting stuff going on and i seem to recall it being a lo- uh, notable yeah. location i know uh, the in, um because there's actually a second
1: circus liquor but the other one doesn't have a clown so people forget that it's there yeah but it's up at Lancashire in uh where the el pollo loco is um Is that victory? Lancashire victory. I think so. Um, and that's in Foxes, which is a movie I haven't seen, but Mm. when I was researching Valley movies, Foxes shot all over the Valley. Um, but anyway, that's just a little, uh, tidbit. Uh, so, um, yeah, you mentioned, uh, the office. Um, uh, I mentioned clueless. What else, when you think of the San Fernando Valley,
0: what movies come to mind? cuz the first one is magnolia. I,
1: and I and I just put I didn't even put the first thing on my list. I just put Paul Thomas Anderson.
0: Yeah, it's that's the thing is like there are three movies on my list that are from him. So I should just say Paul Thomas Anderson, but Yeah, Magnolia, Boogie Nights, um and Punch-Drunk Love yeah.
1: are very much valley movies. they um that. the 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 like Nightclub in Boogie Nights is the Resita Theater in Receda mm-hmm. um the, uh, Magnolia, the, uh, uh, the place where, um, hmm, sorry, getting uh, upsetting text messages. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the place where, uh, uh, Johnny Depp's character loses his gun. Yeah. is just south of me, um, where mm. Tuhunga, uh goes up to the uh, the LA River. Yeah. there. And um, uh, which one? Uh, Punch Drunk Love. I can't call out as many locations except for one major one that's also in my neighborhood. Okay, which is Le Petit Chateau, where he destroys the bathroom. Yeah, that that French restaurant
0: is is in my neighborhood. Uh, yeah, I believe most of Punch Drunk Love uh, is in Chatsworth. I think that's like yes. where his his uh yes factory his factory is on canoga okay in chatsworth which is that's a
1: confusing thing about the valley is that the little different neighborhoods and municipalities will also have like i live off of burbank boulevard but i don't live in burbank yep and so yes uh uh, i looked that up today yeah his his warehouse is on canoga but it's not in canoga park it's in chatsworth yeah i
0: live just off sepulveda not in sepulveda though (laughs) uh and so um and that's yeah the there's a There's a bar that uh, my wife and I love to go to that's on Van Nuys in Sherman Oaks. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And let's not forget Sherman Way. Which just spans uh, Burbank North Hollywood. Yeah, that's the whole yeah. Sherman um, Way Van Owen. The, those streets that go all the way yeah. across. Uh, anyway, we're by the too way, specific. you should drive on Van Owen instead of Sherman Way or Victory. Like, there's and always this. The, there's always these little it's that it's that take fountain attitude. Like, which is which is true that yeah, like there they're are the fountain. major streets, but don't worry, a block north or south there's a smaller street. That will take you where you need to go, and it won't have nearly as much traffic. And I've found that Van Owen is that.
1: And I think because I don't live as far north, you know, right. I don't, I don't have to go east west that far north. So when I'm going east west, right. I'm using Chandler or Moore Park usually, yes. Um, instead of yeah, Burbank or, or God, Magnolia. Ventura. Uh,
0: don't take Ventura, especially oh, yeah. in rush are You. Um, um, so yeah. speaking of the movie Magnolia and the street Magnolia, okay. Um, so. There is an intersection in Magnolia where... In uh, Magnolia the movie. In Magnolia the movie. um, And it is seemingly one of the... Magnolia and Laurel. But that's not where it's shot. It's shot at Victory and Laurel. Yeah. And they just replaced the Victory sign. And so it's just like... And my, my thought was, well, I mean, I guess that's a better looking uh, intersection. And I thought, what am I talking about? <laughs> this is the Valley. There are, there aren't really better looking intersections at best. It's, this is more what he had in mind.
1: Yeah. It's maybe just logistics of where he could put a camera maybe or whatever. There's like a parking yeah. lot that he could use yeah. to park at the, the production trucks or something. Yeah. yeah there is some reason. Yeah. So uh, it's, yeah. uh, but
0: it definitely, I mean, and I used to live right at, uh, that, not right there but I used to live near Victory Victorine, and Laurel and, and so you lived
1: in Victory at Whitsett. now if you went yeah. south on Whitset to Whitset and Magnolia mm-hmm. uh you'd be at the Foxfire room That's
0: which right. is the bar where, where William H. Macy hangs out yeah, with uh, Henry Gibson who just yeah. takes over that bar through yeah. sheer force of will yeah um yeah it's i mean boogie nights the it definitely makes sense for it to take place in the valley because the valley is like the the hub of uh porn yes yeah. there's a website called pornhub i didn't mean to do that um but uh of of like it's what like is this it, like tube vivid? that runs <laughs> <laughs> between these two mountain ranges oh boy um and so uh but yeah like if you drive on on ventura there's a building uh, in studio city that says like vivid and like vivid entertainment is a is a, yeah. a porn company and so uh so yeah when when porn started to be produced like on video and that sort of thing. The, the Valley was where it was at. So if you're going to make a movie about the porn industry in the seventies and eighties, you're going to have to shoot in the Valley. Um, but, uh, yeah. So like, I don't know what it is about the Valley that appealed to Paul Thomas Anderson. I mean, I think think he's from there, isn't he? Is he from, well, I I guess that would be my assumption. yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. And so is, is Quentin Tarantino from the Valley? Uh, or is he from the South Bay? I don't remember. Anyway, because the, I think I feel like the first time that I was a, really aware of the Valley as a thing mm-hmm. was Pulp Fiction. Sure, when they're trying to get rid of um, uh, Philomar, what's his name? Uh, Marvin. Marvin. They're yeah. trying to get rid of Marvin's body, and they don't have. They're out of their own territory, and they're like, we don't have any connections in the eight one eight. That's when yeah. I knew that eight one eight was the uh, the area code. <laughs> um, and then of course that gets even more specific because uh Harvey Keitel says we're going to Monster Joe's or whatever it's Monster called Monster Joe's Truck and Tow Monster Joe's Truck and Tow which is in North Hollywood so we'll be going up Hollywood Way because I think Jimmy's supposed to live in Toluca Lake Toluca Lake yeah Yeah um which I love now watching it because it's like yeah that's that's specific you wouldn't yeah. get to get to North Hollywood or that part of North Hollywood Yeah um you would go up uh Hollywood Way or or Vineland, but Hollywood Way. If you're going up there yeah. uh, to get to uh, North
0: Hollywood, or eventually Sun Valley, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah or, the, I, or the Burbank Airport. Yeah, we know the Valley. <laughs> yeah, we live there. That's but, the thing is, um, like in the, like, I feel like Brody would love this conversation <laughs> because as we're talking about larger things, we're still name dropping streets and landmarks yeah. and all that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Um, but uh, there's something, I guess about to, to get more not, to not just listing movies and locations, which I right. could happily do, uh, for sure. another, Uh, 45 minutes at least. Um, what the Valley means. And I think I was going to ask about that. Yeah. The Pulp Fiction kind of gives you this, the sense of it that like it's Los Angeles, but it's not Los Angeles. It, it, in fact, here's i guess to get more back into specifics and out of movies that's actually true people think i think people think people even live in los angeles in the basin on -hmm. the south side of the hills think of the san fernando Fernando valley as being the suburbs of los angeles but most of the san fernando valley is the city of los angeles you've Mm -hmm. got pockets like you've got burbank and universal city and then um some other i think uh Uh, San Fernando itself, I think is a little, its own like city. Um, but most of the Valley is even all the way up to Silmar and like way up, way north of what people who live in the Los Angeles basin think of as Los Angeles, you're still in the city of Los Angeles and yet it feels different. Like I live in North Hollywood when I put my address down somewhere, I don't put Los Angeles, California. I put North Hollywood, California, even though that's putting the name of your neighborhood, you know, that's like putting pilsen illinois if you lived in pilsen in chicago you know what i mean yeah um but that's just what we do because it has the the valley does have its own mentality and it kind of has within within the city the valley has its own sort of second city complex Mm -hmm. because people don't think
0: of us as being real angelinos living up here i do uh yeah um i can't even really say why i think this But I've always felt that people that live in the basin view the valley as a sort of necessary evil where it's like we need somewhere to shoot. But also. But like regular people need a place to live, you know, it's cheaper than the (laughs) than the rest of the than most of the rest of the city. Um, And so uh, and. I know a lot of people who certainly in my neighborhood, I mean, this is not an industry neighborhood at all. And, right, my, and yeah. in North Hollywood, it wasn't either Burbank and studio city and maybe Sherman Oaks. You start to get there, mm-hmm. but like you get into Silmar, Sun Valley, like Granada Hills, like there's yeah. nothing, you know, uh, Granada Hills, by the way, drive, that's where the uh oh, yeah. the pizza place. Uh, oh, and is then and then the, uh, hills. the 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 Chinese restaurant at the end the Great Wall, the Great is, Great on, Wall. is on Sherman Way. I've driven past it many times.
1: Um, yeah, uh, uh there's something I was about to say about that, Now I forgot what it was. And, and when I say necessary evil, like I mean oh, it just yeah. Do you know what I mean when I when I say that? I think that's also a shallow uh, there's a phrase I talked about this recently. I know you love the movie Congo. Mhm. I don't, I don't remember liking Congo that much, but I do love Roger Ebert's review of Congo, okay. know, which he has one of my favorite terms of phrase, which is that false sophisticates will hate it. Real sophisticates will love it. Indeed. And I feel like people who are maybe new to the Valley or new to Los Angeles, which is a lot of people because the entire like population of St. Louis moves here every year yeah, or something something. Um, uh, they get into that sort of, cause they've seen the movies where it's like where the Valley is looked down on, you know, um, and so they get into like looking down on the Valley. That's not real Los Angeles people who are from here or have been here for a long time know that the Valley is a, not a homogenous thing. And B has character all its own. It has a lot of great food, all, all its own. There's great sushi. There's of course great Mexican food, but mm-hmm. you know, that's true of everywhere in, uh, in, in Los Angeles. But you've also got things like, you know, you've got these like, um, Pockets in the basin of, like, you've got Thai town and Little mm. Armenia right next to each other. But because of gentrification, there are far there are more Thai people in North Hollywood and more Armenians oh, sure. in, in Glendale, Glendale, which isn't really the valley. Yeah. Um, it's valley adjacent um, than you do in Thai town or Little Armenia. And so yeah. if, you leave, if you leave the basin and you, you can actually—I mean, uh, there are as many— Uh, nearly as many great Thai restaurants within a half mile of my apartment as there are great Mexican food (laughs) and that's saying
0: something in Los Angeles the idea of people looking down on the valley for whatever reason um, that is absolutely true I ran across this attitude uh, a few days ago Um, despite my teaching full time uh, I also I still drive for Lyft a little bit to bring in some extra money on the side Um, and I picked this guy up who seemed fairly friendly um, and I picked him up in the valley and I was driving him into Hollywood. And along the way, he cause, and he lived in Hollywood, but he was visiting a friend in the valley and along the way, he decided to start pontificating about people in the valley. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, he goes, he's like, what is it about the people that live here? You know, he's like, they never want to leave. They never want to go anywhere. You know, they just want to stay in the valley and, and where it's nice and safe. And I'm and part of me is like, I've only ever lived in the valley since I've been here. But uh, I was tired. So I was like, I don't know. So that's it. But I just had that thought of like. But that's also not yeah. true. We leave every day. Right. I don't. Work so, on I, so I don't know. I don't I know movies. what he means by that. But maybe that—that that is the, that false sophisticated thing.
1: Yeah, that that Los Angeles is the basin is cosmopolitan. Yeah,
0: and the valley is the the suburbs. But it's it's, it's this it really. I mean, in the same way that like stuff is shot here because it can be kind of a stand-in for uh, middle America. Yeah, I wonder. The Brady but, Bunch house in uh, Studio City. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if Los Angeles, look, you know, a lot of people that live in Los Angeles and are in the industry um, moved from elsewhere, probably because they didn't feel quite so at home there. Yeah. Um, so they come here and then they see the valley and it v- maybe vaguely reminds them of the suburbs, which, of course, we're told over and over again are just incredibly soulless and what what kind of real person could ever live there. Uh, but then also like this middle America thing. And so it's almost like, it's almost like the Valley is viewed as people talk about it as though it were like the small town they came from. It's like, ah, nobody ever leaves, you know, they just want to stay in their little right. bubble. Yeah. And it's just like, it's still part of Los Angeles and it's still a, uh, a lot of people live here.
1: Yeah. And, and also we don't just stay in the Valley. I, know, I don't understand that, but maybe it's because, maybe it's because a person like him is so
0: resistant to going into the valley. He assumes that it's the other way too. Yeah. Uh, along those lines, I will say that's not a show I bring up very often, but in an early season of entourage, um, yeah, where, uh, the, the what's the name Vin, Vinny Ch- Vinny Chase Vincent Chase yeah the main character anyway yes the the the, the actor he uh, he's in Aquaman now uh-huh. and so he and his uh, entourage uh, pile into a car to drive into the valley and like check out like how it's doing uh, at various movie theaters and specifically uh, the Johnny drama character he just loads up on bottles of water and they're just like what's going oh. on? And he goes, he's like, he goes, I'm not going into the Valley, uh, without hydrating first. Cause it was like in the yeah. summer. And as he also says, uh, I don't know why I remember
1: this so well, but he says May in November. I don't go to the Valley unless it's for work or sushi.
0: <laughs> work or sushi. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, it's funny because as they're driving in the Valley, cause it, for those that don't know, the valley does get much hotter than yeah, the it, rest of it's the... It's crazy. Yeah.
1: It'll be a full 10 degrees hotter. Sometimes, sometimes more.
0: Like, yeah. Like,
1: Especially in like because I like to take um, public transit, mm-hmm. and I'll walk to the North Hollywood Station sweating like crazy. Yeah. Get underground go a few stops, come up Hollywood, Hollywood Western or something in in town, and come up and be like, I should have brought a sweater. Yeah. (laughs) It it would be that different. It's crazy.
0: Um, And so as the, as the characters are driving around in the Valley, they keep every time the thermostat in their car, like goes up a degree, like they'll be talking them and they'll be like, they'll be like 109. And then they just, and they keep going. It's actually kind of an amusing moment, but it, it does speak to just like, there's a certain type of elitist attitude and there's just this understanding that it's just hotter here and it's just, yeah. Yeah.
1: But in the, uh, in the eighties, the, the, the Valley does seem to stand in for a lot of that middle America suburb or Mm -hmm. the any town USA, because you've got, uh, ET, which is, uh, yeah. um, mostly Northridge, I think. Although I think the, because I, I looked it up today, uh, the big, like, bike chase at the end, I think, is actually in Porter Ranch. Okay. Uh, from what I understand. Uh, the Bad News Bears at Chatsworth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karate Kid is, of course, uh, Reseda, right? I believe that's Reseda. Um, and then you've got, uh, Encino Man, which is in Encino. That's a movie where the valley actually plays itself. Mm -hmm. Karate Kid, the valley definitely plays itself. Yeah. Because it's called the All-Valley Tournament. That's Uh, right. (laughs) The the tournament at the end, uh, which always makes me think of that Brothers Oh, of course. Uh, Yeah, look look that up. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Karate tournament traffic. (laughs) Uh,
0: um, So I will say that In in many of the movies that we've talked about, The Valley, it's not remarkably photogenic, uh, except in Nightcrawler. Oh, in yeah. Nightcrawler, that's... like Robert Ellsworth is the DP for that, and granted the the you know the the characters they go all over the place but like the valley is featured very very prominently yeah um ventura boulevard especially but not not exclusively either like ventura boulevard is like the it's i'm sh- i think people see it as like the lone place of sanity in the valley because it's as far south as you can get going over the hill yeah <clears throat> um and so uh, just like because it's nighttime so it's not immediately associated with heat um so it's mostly nighttime and the character's just driving around and you just see like the lights and that and i will say as a as as a, a lift driver the valley does shut down pretty early um usually around 11 hmm. uh except for Ventura. Um, the valley so if you're so if you're driving at 3 a.m. in the valley it's empty I mean it mm-hmm. is and so having this character who exists primarily at night drive around in the valley uh, it it actually has an almost haunting quality to it because he is by himself just out and, and out and around just kind of prowling the streets and I think that it's a it, it makes the valley look actually very beautiful in a way that I haven't really seen in any in any other films mm-hmm
1: do you think um that uh we have <laughs> so we talked about people in the basin looking down on the valley but is there another level of, of of elitism that we call the san fernando valley the valley when the san gabriel valley is also los angeles county but it's not los
0: angeles it's right, los Angeles exactly county. Exactly. And then of course you
1: got Simi Valley, which is in Ventura County, right? which is where, um, I thought for sure when I was looking up like suburbs, I thought for sure Poltergeist would be the valley, but Poltergeist is Simi Valley. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And of course, uh, San Gabriel Valley is known for many things, but it's where San Dimas is. That's right. For Bill and Ted. Um, also a lot of the graduate is in San Gabriel Valley. Hmm. Uh, I, oh, think, I, I think I think the I, church is yeah. uh, in yeah. like
0: San Dimas, like Diamond Bar, or something. Anyway, uh, so I only actually have. I'm sure. I think you have more than I do, but I have one other film. Okay, uh, and it's it is not a Valley movie, but uh, the big Lebowski, um, right. Which is Valley. There's one specific section, uh, when they go to confront Larry, uh, about his homework and about the nice car. And they decide they want to go to the in and out, uh, uh, that his, that the house is on Radford by the in and out burger. Yeah. And once I lived here, I'm like, I, it's like, absolutely. I know exactly where that is. Wait, which in and out are they talking about? I think they're talking about the one, I mean, he does, he does say North Hollywood. Yeah, so, so I think it's, think it's, it's the one on Lancashire, Lancashire yeah. which is very close. That's my in and out. Yeah. Very close to my All right. my place. But yeah, it's not on Radford. Yeah. Right. No, okay. the, the house is on Radford by the in and out. Burger. But again, is so says. you've got
1: that thing you talked about before, where the character who lives there is a retired television writer. Yeah, you know, so you've got this like the suburbs of the industry. Yeah, uh, in 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 the valley. Uh, yeah, I've got a number of other movies I wanted to talk about. Um, I feel like even though Ridgemont High is a fake place, I feel mm-hmm. like Fast Times at Ridgemont High is very much uh, a Valley movie, and kind yeah. of. I've never seen Valley Girl, but I think like this, this '80s thing of the Valley representing. Sort of middle America teenagers, you know, like mm-hmm. I mentioned, cried a kid, and I mentioned, I guess, ET, they're a little bit younger. Um, but uh, there was another one that I mentioned, I mean, Back to the Future, I'm not sure where that's supposed to be, but that's shot, uh, right. in, in the valley. Um, and I feel like Fast Times, Red been High, and and maybe Valley Girl, but again, I haven't seen it, are kind of at the forefront of saying, uh, this is what, uh, regular America American teen, like you right. know uh, people who hang out at the mall in this case the uh, the um, Sherman Oaks Galleria which right. is uh, still there um, looks very different than it mm-hmm. <laughs> did in Passage Ridgemont High um, uh, at Richmond High is uh, Van Nuys High School which um, was used in something else um, but I can't remember which what other movie uh, used it now um, But uh, I I, I do feel like something about Ridgemont High in the book because it was based on like a nonfiction book, Mm -hmm. which I would think was a valley high school. And so I think um, something about 1980s teenagedom was at least seen by a lot of people to be captured in the Valley. Yeah. Uh, and that's maybe why we get so many things, uh, like karate kid. Um, yeah. And, and even go, go going into clueless Now we haven't mentioned two days in the Valley, which I haven't seen. Actually. I saw it when I was in high school. I don't remember much, uh, about it, but just, I feel like it does get into the same thing of it being like something, some sort of purgatory. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um uh yeah let's uh we should probably wrap up pretty soon but let's run down see if there's anything else i wrote down one just because again i'm giving so many clues about my neighborhood but um uh, the movie Internal Affairs, the Mike Figgis movie, it was Richard Gere, oh, yeah. and uh, Andy Garcia and Laurie Metcalf. Great movie. I don't know if you ever yeah, saw I it. I haven't. I've heard great things. Um, but they shot at the Silver Saddle Motel on Lancashire, which, if you drive past it, you'll know because it, it has a big horse, like a flexiquest oh, yeah, yeah. horse, okay. over the like the front office, mm-hmm. uh, and that's just it's just up the street from that the In and Out near Radford. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what else? Oh, how can I? not have mentioned one of the biggest valley icons and again to examine my own elitism Mm -hmm. i sometimes treat burbank the way that the basin treats the valley because burbank is not los angeles right burbank is its own city
0: and so i do feel i do treat that as more of a suburb it and it also i will say because it's its own city um like you I, i feel like you can actually tell when you cross from North Hollywood into Burbank, the houses are a little nicer. The the lawns are a little nicer. Yeah. it's a little cleaner. Yeah. it feels more suburban. Yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, definitely when you cross in on Burbank Boulevard, which is how I do it, because that's how yeah. you've got uh, uh your last last chance to uh, at North Hollywood is the Mucho Mas restaurant, the Mexican restaurant. Yeah, at uh, Burbank and is at Pass. Um, or is that um, Whitnall? I can't remember. Uh, anyway, then you cross, and yeah, it immediately there's like mm-hmm. green medians in the middle of the road. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but one of the one of the biggest valley icons, um, uh, and this is this is what it says about the San Fernando Valley and Los Angeles in general. That our icons are a, a circus, uh, <laughs> a liquor store clown, yeah, and the Safari Inn on Burbank that's which right. played itself of course in true romance yeah um and it's uh it's played um I know I mean another show uh CSI which took place ostensibly in Las Vegas mm-hmm. shot all over the valley and they use the safari in no. um which seemed like hasn't hasn't everyone seen true romance don't you know the safari motel motor Inn or whatever Brad <laughs> yeah, Pitt says yeah. um but yeah, that's, uh, uh, that's when an I, um, the comic book store that I go to is literally almost literally right across the street from the safari. Inn. so I think about true romance, uh, every weekend when I go to pick up no. my, my pull list. Um, uh, are there any other big, uh, icons that
0: you can think of? Oh, there's this the, one, there's the hand car wash, which is on Ventura, right? Um, which one is that? It's It's the the, It's got like a hand? There's a like a big
1: fiberglass hand. Yeah. Um but I'm trying to think if that's in any movies. Uh another movie I wrote down that's fascinating to watch because it takes place in the valley before the valley was really what we think of as a valley, and that's Plan 9 from Outer Space, which takes place in San Fernando. Okay. But treats San Fernando as a small California town near Los Angeles. Whereas now San Fernando, I think, like I said, I think San Fernando is still separate, but you could, you drive, you don't have to like drive through fields or like country roads to get to San Fernando. It's all, it's all
0: connected now. Um, and similarly in Chinatown, when they reference incorporating the Valley into the city, are they referencing the San Fernando Valley? Uh, you know, I don't know. Is that where the orange groves were? I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think so. I mean, yeah, because North Hollywood, what is now North Hollywood, was called Lancashire, mm-hmm. um, which is the one of the main vein streets. Uh, it's where the In and Out is, where the Silver Star Motel right. is, um, uh, named after the Lancashire farm.
0: So okay. uh, yeah, it probably is the they probably are, are yeah. talking about the so there's you know that heavily in, uh, incorporates the the valley, um, just not that's uh, what you yeah not think what of we it. think of yeah
1: yeah. Um, Do we have any final thoughts on living in the Valley? Have we on this episode protested too much? Have we been, uh, uh, like, have we been begging people not to be so mean to our, uh, to our home. I don't the think valley?
0: so. I mean, I, I, I also, I don't have any illusions about the Valley. I mean, I recognize what's fascinating to me is that, is that guy that said like people never leave. It's like, well, they're not, there aren't a lot of destinations in the Valley. So if you do want to go somewhere notable, <laughs> uh, you leave. Um, and I've only ever lived in the Valley and it has worked out, uh, fine with me. Um, there are, I will say that the Valley is in many ways less complicated, certainly from a driving standpoint, like you're not going to run across with one or two exceptions, maybe literally one or two exceptions. You're not going to run across a lot of like one way streets or anything okay. like that, that you would find like downtown yeah. or, or something like that. So And
1: you've got more parking, but not as much not as it could m- be. Yeah. Yeah. Especially where I, cause I, because I live, um, all right, we're gonna get specific again. I live in North Hollywood, as I yeah. said, which is not the a not the northern part of Hollywood, as people think, and also not it actually is. north of Hollywood. It's north of West Hollywood, but because the one hundred and one runs runs at an angle, mm. it feels like it's north of Hollywood because yeah.
0: you just go up the one hundred and one, but you're actually north of West Hollywood. North Hollywood uh, couldn't be more of a misnomer in every single way <laughs> because it'd be one thing if it uh, wasn't actually north of Hollywood, but uh, but there are a lot of like little studios there. It's like, Oh, this is like North. Ho- no, <laughs> yeah. nothing.
1: Yeah. It's not a production hub. <laughs> it is not. Um, but, uh, but the other thing, North Hollywood also goes, it goes North for a long, like I live um, pretty close to the s- Southern end mm-hmm. of North Hollywood and I live where the North Hollywood train, the the subway stop yeah. is. So um, I even feel like my neighborhood is kind of not that Valley ish because because it's right off of this the the train especially in the in the nearly decade now uh coming up on nine years that i've lived there mm-hmm. um that area around the train has been built up into a lot of restaurants and bars yeah. we have a uh a, a movie theater that's semi art house semi mainstream yeah um it's kind of a hip neighborhood so yeah parking wise my neighborhood's not great i'm lucky right my wife that we have two parking spots at our uh at
0: our apartment and in my neighborhood parking is terrible but that's just because one house uh like one family owns like eight cars that they just leave on the street because they also own four cars uh that we never see because that's what's taking up their actual like parking spots uh it's you hate these people i hate these people so much (laughs) Uh, Well, that's the valley for you. Boy, Uh, it sure is. If only you could leave, but apparently you're not allowed to. No. And I will say, as far as landmarks, I do think Dr. Hoggly Wogley's Tyler, Texas barbecue oh. deserves to be one. I thought for sure you were going to say the D's cuts barbershop. Well, that's true. That's right around the corner. <laughs> you know, it's just like, Oh, this, uh, my ridiculous haircut from D's cuts yeah. uh, has gotten me hungry. Where am I going to go? Oh, I'll just go over to uh, Dr. Hoggly Woggle's. Yeah. A lot of weird names actually in my neighborhood now that I think about it.
1: Yeah. But, uh, if nothing, if nothing else that we can do, uh, hopefully do Brody Stevens a service by saying, come to the Valley, come visit the Valley. Absolutely. There is good food. There's uh, a, uh, the television Academy building <laughs> over right. there. Yeah. Uh, um, they have a beautiful theater. I've only been in there once. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is there? <laughs> there are a number of, uh, community colleges that I apply to. Yeah. There are beautiful um, parks. Yes. Uh, places to, to jog. Mm-hmm. Um, there's murals, There's... There's uh, Universal Studios. Oh, yeah. Universal Studios and Warner Brothers and Disney are
0: all... uh, And CBS Radford. And, uh, yeah, like, there are... I mean, yes, Studio City, certainly, understandably so, uh, uh, is much more production-oriented, but it is mm -hmm. still technically the valley. And so uh, Universal Studios has The Wizarding World of Harry Potter, which I went to last week, and it was uh, delightful. So you can get butterbeer in the valley. I was
1: reading... On a website today, how do you get your butter beer when you get it? Uh, what do you mean? Because apparently there are how do three. I, how do I take it? Yeah, apparently you can get it like as a cold glass of, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. You can get a frozen version, right? Or you can get it hot in like a coffee cup.
0: Uh, yeah, last uh, last week it was chilly mm-hmm. uh, when I was there, so I got the hot kind. And so this thing I was reading today says that's the way to go. That was their, that was their favorite of the of the ways. I think my favorite is. My least favorite is just the regular cold okay. I definitely I've had it, and it's like this is pretty good, but there's something about like that flavor that lends itself to either hot or frozen yeah um I think my preference is is frozen, uh especially on a warm day but uh yeah, hot uh did the trick and also so Universal Studios,
1: unlike Disney, mm-hmm. you can get alcohol there, yes. Now, you can't order Butterbeer with alcohol in it. But if you take your Butterbeer to a bar, they will pour a shot in it for you. Oh, I mean, you, have to, you have to pay again. Yeah. But they will pour a shot in it for
0: you. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah you cannot make any changes at Wizarding World to your Butterbeer at all. Hmm. Like, it, the beverage itself is trademarked. The look is trademarked. The recipe is trademarked. So like it has like foam on the top and the foam uh, has an ingredient that some people are allergic to. So they've asked, like, can I get it without the foam? And they say, no, you cannot. I'm sorry. J.K. Rowling gave us very specific instructions because they don't
1: want any Instagram photos out there without the foam. That's true. Yeah. Cause it probably
0: looks less appetizing. Uh, that's true. And the foam is delicious, but you know, especially, you know what? That's that—that that is what the frozen butter beer has over the warm butter beer, is that the foam itself also freezes and becomes, uh, a bit more solid and is, uh, somehow more delicious. Uh,
1: last bit. Yes. As far as food, I forgot to mention right just on the other side of Vineland from the creepy, uh, mm-hmm. clown, is tucked away in the corner of a strip mall is a Lebanese place called Hyatt's Kitchen that is uh, among the best food mm-hmm. in the city, not just the valley. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you come to the valley, look me up, we'll go to
0: Hyatt's Kitchen. Well, and there is also, there's the Iliad Bookstore. Yes, that's also North great. Hollywood. Great used uh, bookstore. And then along Ventura Boulevard, there is actually some very good shopping and some good restaurants as well.
1: And more and more good restaurants all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ventura Boulevard has become a place for uh, 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 more and more sort of uh somewhat well known chefs, I guess, mm-hmm. um, and there are places like uh um you've got the black market liquor bar you 've got the uh there 's another place that I really like, and i 'm now drawing a blank on I feel
0: bad uh, but yeah a uh, lot of good lot of good food along Ventura. I just went to black market liquor bar yeah. uh, for valentine 's day and it 's wonderful yeah I love it love like the minute I walked in from the lighting to the the Architecture. I just absolutely loved being there and just spending time there. And it was while I was there. We can't do it now because we're saving it for a Patreon episode. But uh, a uh, had a celebrity sighting. Somebody came in oh, and sat right next to me and Jen. And it was a big it was a bigger deal for her than it was for me. But it was a big deal for both of us so stay um, tuned I guess
1: awesome and uh, I was hoping that before I signed off I could remember the place of this other restaurant to recommend it but I can't remember what it's called now okay oh son of a oh the bellwether the bellwether oh, okay. is also really good okay so we've uh, uh, we've done this rambling episode much like a Brody Stevens set with right. nowhere near as much energy yeah. but we are both 818 till we die That's right. uh, enjoy it you got it Feeling good, positive energy, (laughs) yes. Um, Rest in peace, Brody Stevens.
0: Indeed.